We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, the challenge war of the world two episode five recap and fantasy scoring. Plus, we got a breakdown of the fantasy ownership numbers from the Pat Mayo Experience Fantasy Challenge League. If you want to get into a draw for 20 DK bucks, there are two ways to do so this week. One, smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. And you tell me who you think the better overall performer is. Is it Jordan? Or is it Turbo? Because we saw Turbo have some struggles in episode five, and maybe you might be leaning towards Jordan in this one. I don't know. I think it's very close. I want to hear what you people have to say about that. The other way to do it is review, rate, subscribe, and download the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, five-star review, DraftKings handle, something nice about the show, boom, you'll be in the giveaway for 20 DK bucks. Winners announced on Monday show live, 1 p.m. Eastern time on the Pat Mayo Experience Facebook page and the DraftKings YouTube channel. Enough of that. Let's bring him in, the maven of fantasy challenge scoring. He's the one who does all of this up. It is the host of the Challenge Chronicles podcast and contributor to Fantasizer.com, where the reality TV fantasy leagues are hosted. It's Rob McIntyre. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Um, I've actually been happy with the season so far, so happy to be on. I, I would say, I mean, happy with the season. The season's been fucking fantastic so far like this is way it's already better than last season and last season was the best season in like three years i don't know if it's better than last season i i just didn't have that high expectations coming into this season i thought the format was a little bit too weird but it's actually played out pretty good so far yeah i mean you said like the best episode of all time was like some episode from like last season but the one from last week was probably the best episode in a very long time I still think I like episode two of last season, but last like uh, last week's episode is probably like second in the past six or so years. And this one was way up there too. I didn't think this one was all that great. This episode was pretty good. It more just seemed like a continuation of what happened last week. All right, well, let's get into the fantasy scoring to knock this off right off the top. So we have, let's see, Polly was the highest scoring player of anyone at 158 points. Kara had 110. I believe those are the only two that scored over 100 points this week. Uh, was it just the two of them? Yeah, I think it was just the two of them. Now, when I looked into the scoring, I did notice, because I clicked on it, maybe on the Fantasizer page, you group things incorrectly, but it didn't seem like I got any po- politics points for Tori and Jordan when they were meeting up with Polly. Well, they didn't actually do anything. They just were talking. They were strategizing. Isn't that politics points? Well, you have to it's just strategizing doesn't count or else everybody would be getting like three points for that an episode. They actually have to make an alliance, which they did not do, although I think they probably should have. Yeah, I mean, it, it actually seems like quite sensible if they want to make it all the way to the finals that I know working with Polly and Kara isn't like ideal. But if Polly and Kara and Tori and Jordan just teamed up together, even if other people didn't know, they can remain in their like separate alliances for the moment that those four could kind of coast all the way to the end. Yeah, to be honest, guys, actually what I really thought was going to happen coming into this season is Jordan, Polly, Tori and Kara would kind of have like a secret alliance. And they would each split off in different alliances, and they would eventually sort of come together at the end. But it actually doesn't work. It's not going to happen. It might end up happening, but I think Jordan was more aligned with Bananas than we all thought. 
Yeah, it was weird how lockstep he was with Bananas. Because if you remember when he came on, he kind of came on like Polly came on when he came on, where he was just a firecrack and was going at everybody. And then now he just seemed perfectly fine to just kind of follow in Banana's shadow. Yeah, I don't think he is following in Banana's shadow, though. Like, I mean, if, if you had to respond to that question off the top, like, would you have, rather have Turbo or Jordan on your team? Like, Jordan is far and away one of the top three competitors in the house. And Banana, Bananas just isn't that anymore. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that after this week's episode, too. I think I'd rather have Turbo because I feel like Turbo is going to be for the team 100% all the way, and I'm not sure Jordan is. I'm not even talking about, like, in this team format as it's currently constituted for this season. Just in general, who do you think the better Ooh, player is? that's hard. Um... I'll give a slight lean to Turbo, but it's very close. Yeah, I think like Turbo probably excels more at individual things, but it doesn't seem like Jordan actually has any sort of weakness besides he only has like one hand for gripping, but that hasn't been a problem for him in the past, except for that one challenge. Well, it kind of was. But, but yeah. Got, yeah, I mean, the one challenge where it was a problem for him, it's because he tried to get real fancy with throwing like a log around. No, well, also in the elimination, he lost to Johnny where he couldn't really climb up the ladder. Oh no, he couldn't put. He couldn't punch the holes in the uh, thing. He can only use one hand yeah, like, to do that. Like, like if he was in last week's elimination that Laurel and Ninja were in, he would have been just a disaster. Maybe, but like, I, I don't put it past him that he'd be able to figure it out and do well at it, and not only do well, but better than basically everyone else at it, because that's that's the type of competitor he is. Yeah, you can't really count him out until you've actually seen him in the elimination. I think Turbo's also a little bit bigger than Jordan. Like Jordan's still pretty trim. So if you put them in like a hall brawl type thing, I think uh, Turbo would have the advantage in that. Maybe. Like, what if you only had, why well, no, Turbo won the final last year. Jordan's won two. But this swimming thing with Turbo this week didn't look great. Well, so on the recap, like, that they shoot after the show, Paulie was saying that Turbo intentionally, like, early in the season wasn't planning on doing super great to kind of keep the heat off his back. Oh. And if you notice going back into last season, he really wasn't, like, super outstanding in the beginning. He had a few, you know, moments of brilliance. But he didn't really, like, kick it up into full gear until, like, right before the pairs split up. Oh, so what you're saying is, like, he's like that horse in the Kentucky Derby that's just kind of, like, staying in the middle of the pack waiting for that final turn to make his break? Yeah, exactly. He's like Wario and Mario Kart. It takes him a while to get going, but once he gets to top speed, he's, like, you know, good to go. And if you compare him to Wario, obviously, that means that he's going to win, so... That's, that's not great news for my fantasy team. You said you had the breakdown of the numbers of, like, who's on whose team? Yeah, so for the ownership, just sort of the notable ones. So the top five is Jordan at number one, Bear at number two, then Rogan, then Polly, then Wes. Oh, my God. Um, I, some I, other I, notable I, ones. Hold, hold on. I, I have four of those people on my team. What are the ownership percentages on those people? Jordan is at, like, 45%. So basically everybody has Jordan. And then Bear is 37. Rogan's also 37. And then Polly and Wes are both at around 33. Hmm. See, I didn't have Wes. I had Polly. So I made, did make the good decision there. Like, who else do I have on my team? I have Kara on my team, and I have Tori on my team. What are they coming at? Uh, Tori is number eight overall at, like, 24, and then Kara is number 11 at 19. All right, well, I don't feel so bad about that then. Now, hopefully I have a unique team, but I do have Jordan as my captain. What were some of the ones that surprised you? Okay, so towards the back end, Ninja was 28th at 6.8% ownership. So someone like Esther is at 13 is like double ninja. And I understand price factors into that, but ninja being that low is crazy to me. But ninja's the worst. Who would ever want to roster her on a team? Like the fact that you have Josh on your team either means you're looking at spoilers and you know something that we don't, or you've just completely given up on the fact that this is supposed to be fun and you want to actually root for your team. I mean, I, I've kind of taken a backseat to just rooting. Outside of Wes and, like, a few other people, I try to mostly stay objective. And with Josh, I just wanted cheap American exposure. I just felt like Team America was going to run train and then was trying to get as much of them as I could. Like, how do you feel about Josh? Like, he's the worst, right? Like, Paul and I aren't alone he's in, not, like, Josh sucks, right? No, he's not great. And, I mean, I talked to some of my friends who watch Big Brother, and apparently he's pretty reviled in that community as well. Are there any, like, before we jump into the episode, though, like, are there any actual, like, standouts to you from this season that you didn't expect? Like, I'm enjoying Rogan a whole lot more than I thought I would? Um, not particularly. I actually haven't enjoyed Jordan as much as I have in the past. Maybe he'll, you know, ramp it up a little bit in the future, but he has been kind of in the background so far. 
Rogan I actually have liked though. My, after his vendetta's performance, I didn't have super high hopes, but he's been good this season. For who, Rogan? Yeah, Rogan. Yeah, I mean, like, everyone keeps talking about how he blew it in the very first challenge when they ran up the rock and Vendetta's, but didn't he, like, throw out his back when he was running? Like, it was an injury, wasn't it? I think, yeah, but when you're coming on the challenge, like, you should you're, you should have your, be in decent enough shape you're not throwing out your back, I think is the idea. Yeah, but the whole thing is, like, you, as someone who has thrown their back out before, like, I threw out my back grabbing laundry out of the dryer once, like... Sometimes your back just goes out. Like it, there's not necessarily something that precipitates what's going to happen to your back. Like that's why back problems in general are so hard to treat. Sure. I also think this guy's castes are sort of so stacked that they're just kind of looking for excuses to push people towards the bottom. Guess so. Like if you were on Team UK, let's say, and they keep throwing in Theo, and I don't, I don't understand for the life of me why he went back to Team UK after the elimination because he's going to continuously get thrown in that who would you like if you were just doing on like rankings and it was a guy's day and the UK team lost, like who would you be voting in? Like, wouldn't you stick with Idris? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think it kind of has to be Idris. He's just inexperienced. He beat Sean and that Paul Russell great, but it didn't seem like either of them had the best, you know, frame of mind going into that. And then outside of him, there's not only like anybody else who sticks out. I mean, it's gotta be like Rogan or bear, right? But neither of them are bad. Yeah, but Bear is shockingly good. At least he tries very hard. No, yeah, Bear is very competent. But then you look at all the other guys in that UK team, and I'm like, it's not Joss, it's not Kyle, it's not CT, it's not Theo, even though he did get thrown in. Like, who are you really picking at here? I mean, could it be Kyle? Like, I, Kyle looked good last season until, like, he hurt his knee against Theo in that elimination. But, like, he hasn't been tested at all, and he hasn't looked great in these child-like missions whatsoever. Well, all of the UK is kind of look like a disaster in these missions. So I think the team missions are much harder to tell who's actually doing bad, who's doing well. All right. Well, do you, let's talk about the elimination for a second. It's weird to see Banana screw up in such a way. And I didn't like the fact that they basically spoiled it during like his confessional right before the elimination starting where he talked, where he talked yeah. about how Roman numerals are like hard to figure out. It's like, huh, I wonder if that's going to come up at any point. <laughs> Thank uh, you. But like he killed Theo. In the, once he figured out that he could get the double roll on the go, like he destroyed him. He just put everything in the wrong one. And then I just saw on Instagram, Bananas, like earlier this morning, is posting about how he was at the DMZ uh, in between North and South Korea, like shooting first look. Like, did he have to go to shoot the show? Is that what happened? Like, he fucked it up on purpose? I think that might actually be on the table. I didn't think about that. This elimination just seemed kind of made for him, though, because Theo probably rocks him in any of the last three eliminations. And with this one, like, this one's got more of just sort of a wonkiness to it that when you're a challenge veteran, I feel like you're much better prepared for. So like a West or a Bananas are better at this type of thing. Plus Theo's so tall, it's hard for him to move the cage because he doesn't like fit his body into it. Well, I, I think it works one of two ways. Like, yes, the box was probably a bit too small for super gigantic Theo, but there were certain points where when you actually had to put the ball into like the platform that his ridiculously long arms really came in handy. Yeah, that's true, because he could do it from much farther away. I didn't yeah. think about that. Bananas just seemed much more efficient at moving the cage around, though. Yeah, but there was a couple times, like, even when he had to go re-put the balls back in, that Bananas, like, he got close to it, but he couldn't quite reach it from where he was. And then he had to, like, spend time shifting around the box in order to get himself properly positioned. And that never happened to Theo. He just got kind of close and, boop, in, good to go. Yeah. Johnny's political game this season was just absolutely abhorrent, so... Uh, it's weird because like when Wes got thrown in, Bananas just kind of attached himself to that, that it didn't seem like he had anything to do with it in the first place. That seemed to be something concocted by Laurel. And then he just hitched his wagon to Laurel, which in most years is a pretty sensible move. I see what he was getting at. It just, it didn't seem like he needed to enter this fray and that just Wes triggered him into doing it. Yeah, and then I just didn't understand them throwing the mission at all last week because it seemed like the numbers on both teams were pretty evenly split between the two alliances. Like, no one had a clear foothold. And throwing a mission only really makes sense if it's, like, on the Inferno where all of your teams are like, look, let's get out this uh, fat off our team so we can be better in the long run. Or you're like Wes on the Ruins where throwing the mission will put the decision-making in the hands of somebody who's in your favor. With this one, both those were still so up in the air. And then even after they threw the mission, uh, like Laurel still had to get Smashley and Zach over to their side in order to get that vote in. 
And then the UK team wasn't on their side. So they could have just won, made the tribunal of like Johnny and Nani, and then had thrown Ninja or whoever else in anyway. Yeah, it, it seemed really bizarre. I guess when you'd get like Laurel versus Ninja, and I guess if you're Team UK, you'd be all on board with that. All right, you had the two best players on the American team. Let's get rid of one of them. That makes a lot of sense. But I, I don't know. Like It seemed like he, almost like Wes, it seems like Bananas was actively trying to leave. Yeah, and then on this episode, why in the world is he just letting Paulie be the speaker in the tribunal? The, the votes on the team were still pretty split. You had like how Jordan diagrammed it out where it's five and five and then uh, Josh, Zach, and then he forgot about Turbo, but the three of them in the middle. I honestly, they should have just let Turbo be the speaker because I think Turbo would be just in all circumstances and actually like vote off the weak link and then you wouldn't have to worry about all the back seven. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the only problem is like on a guy's day for Team USA, Bananas is probably second worst. Like Josh is the worst and then it's like Bananas or Leroy are next. Yeah, I think I'd t- Leroy has just such defined weaknesses. I'd probably put Leroy below him, but then yeah, Johnny's probably next. So in terms of the elimination, do you think that we're going to... I hope we see more like this one. This reminded me of, like, I don't want to say, like, the heyday of the challenge, but the heyday of challenge eliminations. Like, it's almost... I really like the eliminations on Cutthroat. Not all of them, because some of them were really stupid. But remember that one where they had to stand on top of, like, the dice and roll it into the thing and make sure that their number was upright? Like... I like though that sort of skill of elimination where it's not like, oh, if you're the strongest person by far, you're definitely going to win. Uh, if you're just really good at climbing, you're going to win. I like to see some like mixed elements of everything for some of them. And I thought that this one had that. Yeah, any elimination where it can have like a physical aspect and a mental aspect, I think is always the best. And also where you can't just look at it and then sort of easily power rank like who goes home and who doesn't. Because, like, if you do, like, a hall brawl, for example, and you have Zach going up against Bear or, like, Moral going up against, you know, Esther, it's pretty easy to tell who's going to win. So, what, like, do you think they're going to skew more towards these? Because the one with Bear and Wes was kind of terrible, like, secret terrible as in terms of eliminations. Well, like, the cannon was super unnecessary. And then also all that did was just make it, like, so you couldn't fairly distribute who got the ball. And then that's basically just Powerball, but with like another element added in. And I'd so much rather just have them actually play Powerball. Yeah. Uh, why don't they just, uh, that should be a staple of every season. Like Hall Brawl at least once, or uh, either Hall Brawl, or you could, could you get to a point where like the twist that could potentially be coming, I don't know what it might be. Like they'll probably have a purge at some point because there's still a ton of people left. But was it, yeah, it was last year when they was like, oh, there's two people going into two elimination that like you'd have to vote in two people from your own team if you lose. And then you know, somehow like two people from the other team end up getting thrown in or however that might work. And it was like Hall Brawl, but it was Team Hall Brawl. Do you remember that one? No, yeah, I remember that one where it was um, on Rivals 2 and it was Jordan and Marlon versus Leroy and Ty. And there was like the one guy who was like the blocker and then the other person who was attacking. Yeah, and I think that one is actually a bit more fair. I mean, still, the biggest people are going to have the advantage in that one, but at least it does give you some sort of strategy behind it. Yeah, I would. I think that's actually a cool idea where maybe for a week or two, you have them throw in, like, a pair on each team. So instead of just having it be a guy or a girl, you would say, okay, Bananas and Nana, you're both going in. And then, like, then they would, like, either you could have them, you know, split off in their teams afterwards, then you can, that opens up a few more eliminations where you can do like a pair elimination instead. Yeah. And then uh, you can almost incorporate the team aspect too. Like this is both a guys and girls elimination day. And I, I think that would be fun just to see a few different ones. I was a big fan of the mission this week, last week on the show, I railed against that. This is a team challenge. We haven't seen one in ages yet. We're not getting any time trial missions. I like time trial missions. See, I'm not huge on time trial missions just because I feel like they take up so much time because then everybody has to go. Yeah, I mean, that's they also have an hour and a half to fill now. It's 90 minutes instead of an hour, so it actually makes a bit more sense that you could get away with showing it a bit more. But, I mean, back in the day, like on like Inferno 2, it'd be like, oh, Katie's going. Yeah, Katie finished like last. And like that's basically all they did. <laughs> they, they showed her time. Like You don't actively need to see everyone like do their jump. And you can cut some people out to show them finished or something or show what their time was, and that's it. Like if it's a very mediocre, like if it's not super great, or really, really horrendous, like, what's the need to show them? Yeah, no, definitely. Just throw, like, the three or four that are actually impactful, and everybody else just, like, show them finishing and posting their time. 
Have you liked the mission so far? I think these missions have actually been pretty good. I haven't had many complaints. Last week's I actually really liked where U.S. threw it, so it wasn't as good, but having, you know, the balls. That, that one I just thought was really creative. Is there a way to get around, like, I mean, this is a big NBA problem, obviously, but, like, can you stop tanking? Like, it seems like the rules, as you kind of spelled out, are constituted that as long as everyone's not on one side against, like, one or two people, that throwing missions basically makes no sense in this format, but could you incentivize people to not throw missions, potentially? Well, you could put some money in the missions like they used to do, where you add them to your bank account, which would probably help. But hold on, it didn't on the Ruins or Inferno, like people still... No, tend- but no, but those seasons also had a super clear... I don't think there's anyone who is as bad as the back end of those seasons. And with this season, also, it seems like everybody's kind of playing it, like it's going to end up being individual at some point, where they're just trying to get rid of the big targets in the earlier on, assuming that you know at the end, it'll split away from teams and they'll be in pairs or individuals. Do you think that's going to end up being the case? I don't think so, actually. If you go back to the first trailer, TJ specifically says one team is going to win a million dollars. So I could, what I could see happening is having a two-part final, and then in the first part, um, one team wins, and then the second part, those people all split off into individuals, and whoever wins that part of the final gets all the money. See, I was thinking that it could get chopped down into pairs or smaller teams at some point, or they do something like, hey, it's purge day. Everyone's losing three people from their team, and then things get shaken up kind of a bit. Yeah, I think a purge is definitely happening. I could also see it maybe where two-thirds of the season, they like do an individual mission, and the top two male and female each could like draft teams or something like that. I could see that being on the table. Oh, I see. This would have been a perfect time for DraftKings to step in and be like, look, halfway through the season, <laughs> Pat and Rob are going to come in. We're going to assign everyone a price, and then you have to construct your best team out of a salary cap. Exactly. And then if they don't get picked on a team, they just can go away. Yeah, that, that's how they get eliminated. They don't get picked. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, any, like... Oh, go, actually, wait, going back to last season real quick, if last season didn't break off into individuals, who do you think would have won? Huh. I'm trying to think of who the teams were. Let's see. It was probably Kara and Theo probably would have won, right? Yeah, I feel like that's got to be the chalk pick, right? Because you've got the Olympic sprinter and then the most decorated female at that point in the, in the season. Who was, uh, so I think that's the, who, who was Ninja's partner last year? So it was Ninja and Polly, Kara and Theo, um, Turbo and Nani, Wes and D, Hunter and Georgia. Those pick out of the teams I think would have a real shot. Yeah, I actually think that Ninja and Polly probably would have ended up winning. Like, I think that Polly would have given Turbo the best run for his money in that final with the way that it played out, but he just didn't make it there. Yeah, Theo was pretty close. And if West hadn't been so bad on the Dunes in the second day, he would have been pretty close, too. Yeah, but like he ended up like, I, I just don't think that Polly would have gassed out like those guys would. No, no, I don't think he would have either. Although he did fail in that purge mission pretty badly. So maybe he, um, maybe something like that would have happened again in the final. Like they're they're really setting him up this season to be like a future. Star. Oh, he's a head honcho this season. Yeah, he is. But is anyone? Does anyone actually take him? Because the way that you can always tell a lot by like where people's arcs happen in a season, and like it seems like Polly's peaking a bit early, and maybe he runs the game from now on. But you can also tell by the confessionals who like the real power players are. It's like Bananas is always going to get confessionals because he ha- holds a lot of power in the house. But like Jordan's only appearances outside of like this episode and the first episode have all been in these confessionals. Like they've set him up like he's actually running things. I can't see how he's actually running things, though, at this point. He just lost his top two allies. I mean, maybe there's something going on down low we just don't see right now. I do think the weird thing with that alliance, though, is so right now it seems like it's Polly, maybe Turbo, and then just a bunch of women in that alliance. So if Jordan jumps ship now and just aligned with that alliance, he probably has a clear path to the final. Yeah, but that's not good news for Tia. He's going to remain aligned with Tori, obviously, the entire time. And bringing yeah. Tori over to that alliance, she'd probably be, besides Smashley, be the low woman on the totem pole. Yeah, Smashley is just such Teflon this season, too, where she like she was on that alliance, and then she flipped on that alliance for a vote, and then she flipped back, and just nobody seems to care. Yeah, it's because she's 
she's the bottom on either side. So it really doesn't matter to anyone else. Like if you need her for a vote, you can't count on her, but you might get it. So what's the point of pissing her <laughs> off? Like she has no power to actively throw you in. So why even be bothered with it? Cause if you do bother with it, then you're in a fight with Ashley and like, she's a crazy person. Yeah. Besides turbo, is she like secretly one of the best competitors to debut since like X's two? Yeah, well, I mean, you, uh, me, you, and the rest of the Challenge Chronicle team, we did that, like, best female challengers of all time. I had Ashley inside my top six. Yeah, I, she was the only one really in the discussion that had appeared since then either. I think she, I don't think she gets enough credit for how good she is. She doesn't. I think it's because she's, she, like, she quit a season right away, and then she got, what, knocked out first last season? Yeah, I, I feel like she's kind of, She's sort of like a hybrid between like a Camilla and a Susie, where she just seems like a chameleon politically. She can just kind of get into any alliance she wants. And then she's also still pretty competent athletically. She's competent athletically, but she does seem to hold a major advantage when it comes to figuring out puzzles. Like she's the most underrated part of her game is that she's like incredibly book smart that no one thinks that she is. So when you get herself into a situation where you have to figure out a Sudoku, like she can do it and she just destroys everyone else at it. Well, she's just a crazy person. So everybody assumes she would just like lose her mind on a puzzle, but she's actually quite competent. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't even say she's like quite competent. She might be the best person at the house, at least based on results of doing puzzles. Um, yeah, I mean, since Sarah's gone now, she's probably the leader for terms of tops and puzzles. Yeah, I mean, that was always Sarah's big advantage. Why you you never really, like, you'd want to, if you were on a team, you'd want to have Sarah in the finals with you, but even, like, winning some of these daily missions. Uh, and Ashley's kind of the same way. I mean, the reason she won both of her finals, I guess, Hunter in the eating competition ended up clinching the one for her last time. But the one that she won on Invasion of the Champion, she figured out that lock thing just way before everyone else did. And that's how she survived the purge, too. She won the two puzzles to end up getting in, and just no one was close to her. That's where she made up all her time. Yeah, especially compared to the rest of those casts where you have, like, Corey and Nicole who are counting the triangles on the instructional sign. <laughs> I mean, she, she had a pretty clear advantage. And, like, even on this season, like, do we think that Kara is good at puzzles? Like, she's not. I think Kara is good at puzzles now. She she won that um, puzzle competition towards the end of last season. Did she? Yeah, and the um, one where you were there on the airplane, and you had to, like, figure out the puzzle and then jump off her and Turbo won. Yeah, I don't think that was, like, puzzle challenging. I think that was an airplane spinning with a really easy puzzle that if you could just, like calm yourself down and like focus in that's how you were able like i don't think it was a super complicated puzzle yeah i mean i guess that's true i guess i think she's she did win the one at the end of vendettas against zach but she was going up against zach that still bothers me too like zach really should zach really well just that like first off that they had the individual winner in the first place like i don't see why zach doesn't get another win on his resume and then also that the entire season comes down to a puzzle Entire season comes down to a puzzle. And as we know, we saw last season when uh, Zach and Zahida were teamed together that he was like arguing with her about where Great Britain was on the map. <laughs> well, like on the reunion, remember, he basically admitted to trying to throw that mission, which is, I guess, why he was arguing. I mean, that's pretty convenient to say. It, it really did seem like he didn't know where England was. I feel like you come off worse than you're trying to throw an elimination, though, than if you're, or than like not knowing where England is. Or arguing with a British person about where England is. Yeah, if you were going to try to be less obvious about it, you know, be like, yeah, I know, definitely Mozambique is right there. And like get into an argument about that. Like the English part makes no sense. Yeah. And the best part of that reunion, though, is definitely Amanda calling Jenna and Gus like pieces of furniture in the house. Yeah, well, I mean, you'll probably see Gus and Jenna back on the challenge probably before you see Amanda. Oh, God, I, I... I don't need that. Well, Amanda's having a kid, so oh, probably. She? Yeah, she is having a kid. Yeah, like I just don't. Like, besides, I guess Cam and Tori now. Like, I don't know how many more are you the one people will ever see again. Well, neither of them are already the one because Gus is uh, Florida Bama Shore. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. You'll see Gus yeah. before Amanda. Like, I, I, I think that the are you the one people are on the do not call back sheet at this point. Yeah, it seems like Tori, Cam, and then, like, Hunter I could see coming back. Hunter. Maybe maybe Nelson. Yeah, maybe Nelson, but, like, he's been so non-competitive basically the entire time that... Oh, Nelson's not non-competitive. 
I mean, he's less competitive than the British people that they brought in. He's less competitive than Joss or Rogan or Kyle and those guys, and they're way more I think fun. I think Nelson is way better than Rogan. Nelson got second in a final. Yeah, on, like, the worst season. I, th- and it, I think it, Nelson is it, pretty... It, it was a season where all the good players had to actively fight themselves. Yeah, but that was a real wonky format. I still think Nelson, like, I mean, he was pretty doing pretty good in Dirty 32 until he, like, punched Derek. Yeah, well, you can't be punching people. No, I mean, he's very unhinged, which is what we want on the show. But I think if you put him in an athletic competition, I'd take him over Rogan. Yeah, maybe. They're, they're, maybe they're, like, baseline similar as it comes well, to, like, competitive. He even beat Hunter in an elimination, too. What was the elimination? It was the one where you were, like, tied to each other's back. And then each of you had like a section of this pyramid thing. You had to drag the other one off of. And I mean, it was really close, but he beat Hunter. Yeah, I mean, he should beat Hunter in that because Hunter's like five foot two, isn't he? Hunter's not that short. He's like five foot. I feel like people, like, I feel like most of these people are all within like four inches of each other. It's just the ones who act like five, five instead of five, nine, get, you know, pushed down to the bottom. I don't think he's that short. Uh, I mean, do you think he's... Taller or shorter than bananas? Because he looks like, but it could be because he's like. No, shorter. he's shorter than bananas. So bananas is my height. Bananas is five eight. So he's shorter than that. Hey, I think he's probably like. I think Hunter's like five 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 six. I remember I read like on his college baseball profile. I think I want to say he's like five six one eighty five. That's a big dude. I, I mean, I know. Yeah, what's what I'm saying? I don't think it's that easy to drag him around. Yeah, but ne- but Nelson looks like objectively tall. He looks like he's over six feet tall and he's big. Did you see, um, so him and Angela are actually going on the Dr. Phil show next week. Who? Nelson and Angela. Like Angela, like that one that Bananas was trying to hook up with? Yeah, well, then they went on X on the Beach, and then Nelson hooked up with Angela, and now they're going on the Dr. Phil show to, like, hash out the relationship problems. Man. It's not as good as Bananas and Wes going on Maury. No, it's not, but that seemed much more contrived than this is. Yeah, well, that was a part of Banana's first look show was those two going on it. Yeah. It's funny how, like, there's that debate of, like, who's more obsessed with who. I mean, Johnny made a shirt with Wes's face on it and then tried to, like, sell it. Isn't that kind of hip? Yeah, he did. But, I mean, I just think the two are in cahoots. I think they just both get it. I think, you see, that's my thing, too. I, I don't even think they really, like, like each other that much. Like, I don't think they hang out really outside of the show. They just know that playing up that rivalry is going to be what's best for both of them. Yeah, it's best for both of them, and this all culminates on Banana's final season and Wet's final season. We get rivals, whatever, and they're finally a team, and they win. Yeah, I don't know if they'd win. They'd be such a target. They would be such a target, but at that point, they're both going to be, like, 40 and, like, decrepit. <laughs> They'll just have production, like, rig every elimination for them, and they'll win. They'll make, like, every single elimination about, like, remembering challenge history. Um, yeah. I mean, but remember the one where they had that, they had to, like, list the seasons in order, and, like, Veronica was on the seasons and couldn't remember? Yeah. I would have rocked that elimination. Yeah, you probably would. I mean, this is why uh, you're the historian of this show, and you do all the fantasy scoring. You think, who do you think that, like, do you see Frank was on Challenge Mania this week? I miss Frank. I did. I actually just listened to that. Oh, man, I hope he comes back so much. He was really, I don't think that we're going to get him back, though. Um, well, he was on Vendetta to be a mercenary, and he said that um, he was in talks to come on this season. It was just that they weren't giving him enough money. I mean, he is secretly potentially the smartest person who's appeared on the show. He's yeah, he's like way up there. And then like, do we really need like Leroy for like the twentieth time of him just sitting in the background and then going out midseason? We can't bring Frank on. Yeah, but yeah, you do need to balance the cast a little bit. Like Leroy always gives Banana at least one ally in the house, which they want to try to keep Johnny on as long as possible. So at least that's one vote with him. And Leroy's approval rating is 100%. Everyone likes Leroy. No one ever thinks he's going to win. People seem to enjoy to have him in the house. He just seems like a great guy. Well, if, I don't know. I, I, I could, if it means getting Frank on, I, I don't mind having Leroy take a break for a season. He also just graduated barber school, so you'd think you'd want to put that in action. Yeah, I think he probably gets paid more money by coming on the challenge. I mean, I'm, that's not surprising. I wonder what, what season is this for Leroy? Like, it must be ace. It's got to be way up there. Yeah, it's got to be way up there at this point. 
I mean, he hasn't done really anything relevant, like, competitively on a season since he um, X's too, where he beat Johnny twice in West. Yeah, it's funny, like, and almost to say, like, yeah, Nelson beat Hunter once in that elimination. I would still much rather have Hunter as a competitor on my team. I just think that he's better. It'd be like t- saying that, like, Leroy is better than Bananas because he beat him at that weird log thing, which he absolutely destroyed. It was the best. It's the best Leroy has ever looked at anything on the show but you would yeah, always but you would always take bananas over leroy well i think in a physical elimination you probably lean leroy over johnny but then if you're actually like building a team then you would take johnny oh yeah. did you see that um we put out the top male competitor survey oh no i did not uh you'll have to send me the link to that where can people find that to go vote in it yeah if you just go to medium.com and go to my account there you'll see all my recaps and then all of the recent recaps have a link to the survey as well now here's the thing rob when you say um, you go to Medium and go to my account, you should probably let the people know what your account is. That's a pro pro tip uh, here for the show. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm used to doing it at the end. Do it right now. Oh, if you go to medium.com at Vandalay Inc. 16, so that's V-A-N-D-E-L-A-Y-I-N-T 16, you'll find my account there. See, maybe you should, listen, I love the Vandalay Inc. stuff, but maybe you should make it like challenge related. See, this was originally when I was planning on doing Steinfeld-related content, and then I switched the challenge, and now I can't switch it over. You can't switch it over at all? I have tried. Yeah, well, the thing is, it, it just takes, like, your Twitter username. And so I thought when I switched my Twitter username, at least I would switch it to my name, but then that's not happening. Hmm. Strange. Maybe you'll have to email the fine folks at Medium and get that figured out. Is there a breaking point with this UK team where they get whittled down to the point where their team's actually good? Well, not if they keep throwing in Theo. No, but it it doesn't seem like unless Theo continuously wins these eliminations, he's not long for this game. Like he definitely can win all these eliminations because he's really good, but he is just the chalk vote. To th- like, why would you throw in anyone else at this point now that you've made the decision to well, throw I, him in? I don't see why they didn't just keep throwing in Bear then if they'd already alienated Bear. I'm like, I think Bear is good, but I think Theo is better. I agree, but it seems like they've decided that Rogan doesn't like Theo. They don't like Theo, so Theo's going in. Well, so if we think that the political game sort of just plays out as we see it from here, and then so that would make the ending UK team probably something like Joss, Rogan, CT, D, and then Georgia. Well, who else is? Well, but Georgia's not really in with that crew. It seems like she's more in with some um, Theo and Bear. Yeah, like, I can the, see yeah, Georgia yeah, actually going in coming up. But like throwing in Georgia really makes no sense for the UK team when you have like Esther kicking around and Zahidna. But well, throwing in Theo made no sense. Why are they throwing in Theo instead of Idris? Well, at least like all of like Idris. Idris and Bear seem like the two worst guys that are left. And yes, Theo is like the best, but like Idris and Bear also don't seem bad at the same time. Like there are bad competitors on the female side of that team. Like you have to get rid of that dead weight immediately. And throwing in Georgia makes no sense doing that. I, I just, I think honestly, I think Kaylee might make it further than Georgia does. Kaylee just seems so much more solidified right now. She does, but like, what if the like if the U.S. teams like screw it? Let's uh, they voted in Georgia. We'll throw in Kaylee against her. Like Georgia's probably coming back eighty percent of the time. Well, the, I don't see why they'd put in Kaylee. Then they, I think they'd put in somebody else. Maybe I, I mean I guess ideally, if you're the U.S. team, you want to throw Georgia and Jenny in together. I, I'm curious. Yeah, to see, like, I think that's what's going to happen. J- Jenny looked really good in this mission. I'm curious to see if she's actually going to be like a beast in these eliminations. Yeah, like, I, I'm curious to see how she would have performed at something like last week's, where they were just in the cage and, like, moving it around. Because I definitely, with someone with her body type, you think it's, it's probably really specialized, right? Where there's something she just won't, probably wouldn't be as good at, and there's other things she just dominates. Maybe, but I didn't think she'd be such a good swimmer, but she was. Like, she doesn't look like she has, like, a swimmer's body type, but she fucking killed it. No, yeah, I, I didn't expect that at all. Um, so I, I think she's looking really good so far. The thing is, the other thing with that too, though, if, if like Georgia and Jenny go up against each other and they're both looking like they're just dead weight on the UK side, they might even flip over. Oh, I didn't even think about that. But if, like, eventually, I think- eventually the US team needs to start getting like, they've done a good job of getting rid of like Laurel and Bananas, but like you don't want to split the million dollars with like 13 people. See, but I just don't think they're thinking that way. Like, are, 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 okay, so if you had to put money on it right now, 
How many people do you think end up running the season? Is it a full team? Is it like a pair? Is it an individual? How do you think it goes? I, I feel like there, it, it could be pairs for sure, because that would still technically be a team that wins a million dollars. So you might have to break off into teams of two, or maybe that there's like guys' teams of two, girls' teams of two. I could see teams of four as well. Two guys, two girls, yeah. per team. Like that makes a lot of sense. Like when there's 16 people left, all of a sudden, or if, how many people are left now? I can't even remember. Like when there's 20 people left, maybe they break off into teams of four or five teams of four or something like that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's like Survivor style where they like reach into a hand or whatever color they grab. That's their team. Oh, that would be. It, you can't do that on this show because like at least on Survivor, there's no, there is like a competition aspect to it. But if all of a sudden you had the four best people all on one team, like in Survivor, you could get yeah. around that on the challenge. You'd be fucked. Yeah, like if you end up with like Zach, Turbo, Ninja, and Kara on the same team, and everybody else is just, you know, out of luck. Yeah. All right, anything else to add here before we get out? No. Uh, real quickly, one, two, two other real quick ownership things that, shit, things that made, like, crazy to me. So Zach is in 26th place at um, 8.7, and then Smashy is at uh, 23rd with 10.4. Honestly, if I was, like, picking to a team today, I think they'd both be on it, which is just crazy to me. I think Zach would definitely be on it. He does seem like the background character that we know is good and is going to continue to just kind of lay back. And it does seem like he's there to win this season. And whenever he does try to win, he ends up making the finals. Yeah, and then also he's someone who's in the past has been really willing to just flip politically. Like he doesn't care that much about just backstabbing somebody and jumping into their alliance. So if he just jumps on the poly ship, I think he's got a clear path to the final. Well, I, I think one of the moves could be that if you do think that the UK team gets whittled down, if Zach ends up getting thrown in, he'd be a perfect guy to flip teams. You could flip teams, align with CT, Theo, and Bear, and just run that team, get rid of all the dead weight. Then your team's looking really good. So if you're the UK team, let's say you finish with six people in the final, and it's like three guys, three girls. They might actually be less girls because so many of them just left. But let's just say it's that way. Who do you want like out of that top six? You want Theo, Joss, for sure. They're the best two. And then you want Jenny and Georgia and D. Those are clearly the three best girls on their team. So those five. And then it would be between CT, Rogan, and Bear, I guess, whichever one you think is going to be. I would take CT just because he knows what finals are like and just pray it's not like a 30-mile run. Yeah, that's the issue with the final. I think that third guy spot is really hard to figure out. And it's hard to see both Josh and Theo making the final just because they're so on opposite sides of the political spectrum right now. But I think even towards the end, unless if a bunch of people flip and like they end up with, you know, Polly or Jordan or one of the top uh, U.S. guys on their side, it's kind of hard to see how they end up winning the final. Were you surprised Theo didn't switch teams? I wasn't that surprised because so it's really with the way this game has shooken out. It seems like there's kind of two alliances that spread across both the teams. And the alliance he's in right now, which is like the remnants of the Johnny alliance um, on the UK side, even if he had flipped, he'd still be in the minority. So unless if he had flipped and then immediately just gone up to Polly and Kara, which actually wouldn't make sense considering he and Kara were allies last season. It'd been like, look, I'm just riding with you guys from here on out. I think he still would have been pretty live to just go back into eliminations. Final thing. Do you think Ninja should have been so upset about Zach yelling at her? Because the answer is no, no. considering she screamed at Turbo last season. Yeah, like it, it's really bizarre. Like she, she's coming off as like she's cheery, she's likable, she's a really good competitor. But like, there's something about her personality which just makes everyone hate her, me included. I actually kind of like Ninja. I, I don't mind her for the most part. That that just did come off really hypocritical though, where like, she like, even my wife was just like, I get over it. And, like, then she starts doing this rant about, like, this is why I don't like team sports. Well, it sounds like you fucking suck at team sports. <laughs> I mean, I don't think she's terrible. She's obviously very competitively good. I just don't think she has that mindset. And, like, just I think everyone keeps coming back to that, which I kind of feel bad at her for because just one time. But just berate Turbo the way she did and look like a complete psychopath. And they get mad at Zach when he was honestly being pretty, like, people had been throwing missions, so I can see why he was concerned. And then just him talking to her and her being so upset about it just came off so artificial to me. 
real smart move about like Zach, like crony apologizing to her. Like if I just apologize now, it's not going to be a thing. So I'm going to do that. That seems like something he's learned in his experience with Jenna. Yeah. And then also even the fact they showed that makes me think Zach is like, like, I, I think something's happening with Zach in the next two episodes. And I, I think he's alive to win this. I think he's live to win it too. And I, I don't think that we're going to see any sort of arc for him for a while. Like he's one guy who just doesn't seem to be on anyone's tongue to throw in. Like the only way he goes in, if the UK somehow wins and their tribunal chucks him in. Yeah, that, that was what I was thinking too, is the only real way he goes in. And then like, I think, so if US team wins again on that guy, so you think they just start picking off the UK guys again, right? Like they don't go back into chopping off that alliance. Unless the, you have to get rid of Josh at some point. Like, you might keep him around for a bit, but you can't have him with you. Although he did actually pretty well in the swimming challenge, but I wouldn't want him with me running a final. Yeah, I don't. I actually don't think Josh is, like, that that bad, it, especially if you, this was, like, a few years ago. Like, if he was coming on and it was X's 2 or Bloodlines or something, I don't think he would look that bad. It's just now he looks terrible because everybody else on his team. Yeah, like, if, you, if you're the U.S. team right now and you can go to a final with Turbo, Zach, Jordan and Polly. Uh, then all you have to do is get rid of Leroy and Josh, and like you're going to win for sure. Yeah. I also, I wouldn't. If I was them, I wouldn't do it because even if you're a super stacked team, the reality is if you're playing out like let's say 15 missions, they're still probably going to lose two or three. So then at least that way you have somebody to throw in in that circumstance. Yeah, maybe so. And then you can just kind of pick off. I mean, the best move would be for the UK team to continue to like turn on their good players. And then you can just throw all their good players in against each other. And then you just face yeah, a like, like, yeah, like this week you could have easily put in Theo against Joss and then had one of their two best players go home. Yeah. I was really surprised. I mean, I'm not surprised because they ended up voting for bananas, but that was the move. Like even though Jordan had said Rogan throwing in Joss was the idea. Yeah. I think if you're Paulie or car, you kind of have to throw in Johnny just because he legit tried to throw a mission to get rid of you. At that point, you cut, you got to get rid of him. So I, I see why they put Johnny in this week. But from here on out, I think you just have to take out the best competitors on UK. All right. Rob McIntyre at Rob MCI. What is it? 16 on Twitter. And tell everyone where they can check you out on Medium again. So if you go to medium.com and at, at medium.com at Vandalay Inc. 16, that's V-A-N-D-E-L-A-Y. INC 16, you'll find my recaps and my, um, like any polls I'll put up there. And I'm also on the Challenge Chronicles podcast, so you can check us on iTunes to search the Challenge Chronicles. And then also, if you go to Fantasizer, my contest up there, and you can see all the different fantasy games I'm managing. When is the next Challenge Chronicles coming out? Because I need, to, I need to, to hear the end of Gauntlet 2. It should be coming out in the next few days. Um, our editor, Trace, just had a child, so he's been... Our schedule's been pushed back a little bit, but it should be coming up in the near future. All right. If you love watching old seasons of The Challenge, you need to download The Challenge Chronicles as your companion piece to go along with it as the guys end up talking everything through. And remember to go vote in that best male competitors of all time vote. If you only had, let's, because you have to, you get to vote, what? You get to vote for like 10 people in it? Well, so the way, it's just structured the same way as the female one is. So I took the top 50 competitors that appeared on a season between Inferno 2 and Final Reckoning, and then you just give them a score of 1 to 10. See, what, what you should do is just give people three votes. That's it. You have, you have the 50 competitors listed, and everyone, if you enter the poll, you get to vote for three people as the best competitor, and then I think you would get better results. If that one, for me personally, it's just harder to like sort that because the way this comes out now, it's actually what you, you just, you know, sort by mean and then whoever's the highest average uh, ends up winning. But then with that one, just, I, I tried doing that once and, and it was just really hard to figure out how to actually rank it at the end. Well, just whoever had the most votes would be number one. <laughs> no, I understand, but the limited polling resources I'm using don't make it that easy. All right. So if it was you and you had to, you did have three votes for best male competitor of all time, who would you vote for? So the way I have this set up is it's supposed to be like if you're picking for a team. So if I'm picking in a team scenario and politics is kind of factored out, I'm looking more at like finals ability. I'd probably go Landon one, Turbo two, and then I guess like Gauntlet two, Alton three. I think Landon's a clear number one, regardless of the setup, whether it's individual teams, just he's the best. Um, I think... Turbo is the only person really live to top him at this point, honestly. 
Yeah, but I mean, we only have a season and a half of Turbo. Who knows with him of, of where he's going? I would almost throw Jordan into that mix of top three as well. Jordan's just this like, I think Jordan has a little bit of like wild cardness that from doing a team like season, I don't know if I really want that as much. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Alton, I mean, Peak Evan is really good too. No, Peak Evan's really good. And if you're running a final, I don't know if Evan's really on the level of those guys. So people underrate like how good Evan was because since he was so bad on rivals, people think like Kenny was better and he was so much better than Kenny when they were at their peaks. Yeah, like Evan was amazing when he first came on. Then just he stopped caring. Then he got kicked off the show. But like Bananas doesn't make the cut for that. West doesn't make the cut for that. No. Peak CT. I think I, I think West is more alive because in a team setting, I think his just sort of like know how and cut donuts to chop off the weak parts of the team. Like if you could take West from like last season, actually, I think he's way up there with the top team people. And then CT again, like I just don't know how good he is in finals, even in his big shape. I think in his peak shape, he, he would have been pretty good. Like, he was running, like, marathons and smoking at the same time at that point. Was he really running marathons when he was in that, when he, like, pre-DMCT? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if he was running marathons, but, like, when you saw him in a final or any sort of cardio activity, he was just better than everybody else. Like, he was just the best athlete on the show until Alton came along. It just CT kept, kept himself around. Yeah, like if you if you actually go back and rewatch like the rival two final where he's paired with West, it's surprising how much he and West torch Frank and Johnny in that final. Yeah, and like even when you see him like even bigger on some of these champs versus stars and agility type stuff, like he's still got it. Like he's still a really really coordinated good athlete, and coordination goes a really long way with this stuff. Yeah, if you could, so if you were picking a CT, like which CT do you think you would want? Like from like what type of season? CT in dual one is the best CT like performance wise. He's pretty dominant in front of two the right before that. And the thing is with that CT, that was when he was just like, like the only, his only character on the show was just being amazing at the missions and being like a crazy person. Yeah. But in dual one, like he was probably better performance wise in Inferno too, but the competition wasn't all that good. Like dual one is a stat cast and he just bullies everyone on it. Yeah, I, I think he's also though a little bit unhinged to a level where no, like you when don't, he got you to don't like, say. Well, I'm just saying like when he got to like rivals too, I still think he was in pretty close to top shape, but he also like kind of had his head on his shoulders versus like on duel one and then gauntlet three and duel two where he's just a complete insane person. Well, I mean he's really good on gauntlet three. It just big easy ruins it all for them. No, but he's also, like, yelling at everybody else on his team, and he's just not being a helpful team player in that season either. Gauntlet 3 is a really, like, toxic season to go back and rewatch, by the way. It's a really what? Like, there's just a vibe to Gauntlet 3 that I never liked at all. Other people seem to like Gauntlet 3, but there's just, like, a toxic vibe there that I've never been a fan of. I see. I, I really like that season. I mean, that's that's the meanness that I want from the challenge. That had all the alphas on one team, just like the Ruins did. Yeah. And then, but the whole season is just like them trying to throw missions to get the girls off their team. Yeah. I mean, they were playing for the big money. And what they should have been doing is throwing the missions to get Big Easy off their team. Yeah, but see, they weren't the one who had to go in against Big Easy, which they didn't want. Yeah, well, as it turns out, that's how you end up losing a final is by doing that. No, that is, that is how you end up losing a final. All right. I, I, I've never been, yeah, that's never been my type of season, but. All right, that'll do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. I told you how to get into the giveaways. Remember to subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast and go vote in Rob's poll if you can decipher where you can find it on the internet. Maybe I'll throw a link into the description and that way you can go vote in the best male competitors on the challenge of all time poll. That'll do it for me. Follow me on Twitter at the PME. Follow me on Instagram at the PME. Follow me on the Facebooks at guess where? The PME. Boom, that easy. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience. Experience!